Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast where two old school Heroes fangirls rewatch the show, talk about it, defend its honor, figure out that streaming networks are fucking with it, and we'll talk about that later. My name is Keisha. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. <laughs> and uh, this week we are going to be covering the fifth episode in the final season which is called hysterical blindness but uh we got some news don't we ma'am oh shit do, 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 do. it's the return of the heroes news network so we actually have some stuff to talk about so our first little bit of heroes news um is actually to do with one of the artists on the web comics uh that we're a big fan of here uh mr jason badower apparently he's been releasing a joker and harley series for dc's black label imprint which is like their ooh edgy like mature imprint and uh the collection of that is going to be coming out really soon actually um it looks like it's gonna be september 7th it's called joker harley criminal sanity very nice yeah fun little fun little bit right there for people who like those characters it's gonna be i'm really interested to see what he does with the joker um yeah that's always interesting when different people write him so, yeah, that was the first thing I saw, and I was like, hey, does this count? <laughs> we were like, yeah. we don't have any news. But then other things happened, so. Yeah. If that counts, this counts. Um, mm. If you have or haven't been aware, American Horror Story has been releasing kind of an, an anthology, one-episode, one-offs series called American Horror Stories on Hulu. And on episode six, we had a Heroes alum appearance, which was Blake Shields, who played Flint Gordon in season three. Mm-hmm. And he showed up on episode six, which I don't remember what the, the episode title is. It was called Feral. Feral, there you go. Because myself and Rachel are a couple of American Horror Story hoes, so for better or yeah. for worse. <laughs> yeah. Once episode seven comes out, maybe... Maybe there'll be a, a bonus episode of not talking about heroes discussing the... <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna, like, natter on about this thing that we like. <laughs> Rating the, like, seven episodes of this little anthology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then fighting about it, because... <laughs> <laughs> we have slightly different opinions on it. Um, but Probably, probably. I still think, yeah... No. The more I think about it, I think I'm coming around to your idea of what the best one was, so. Yeah. I, I think it's, that there has been no match for it so far, but we will. Yeah. We'll wait and see, so. It just, it, the fun thing about it is because they're doing, like, a literal anthology, like, one-off, is it, it's different episodes that can speak to different tastes in, like, horror and, like, thriller mm-hmm. content. So it's very, um, you know... Well, I like this type of story, so when they do this type of story well, it makes me happy kind of thing, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see how we're feeling. So, you know, if you tune into a Heroes podcast to hear people talk about American Horror Story, this is for you. Um. Yeah. It's just, you know, a fun little extra thing. Not like we don't have another extra thing we're gonna be doing, because god damn it, NBC! Yeah. Yeah, a lot of questions, you'll you'll hear about that. (laughs) Yeah, you sure will. Um, it's uh, it was it was a journey to come across. Uh, the final bit of Heroes news uh, I didn't tell Rachel about because I wanted her to be like, oh, um, they released the 
voice cast list for Star Wars Visions, which is the Disney Plus anime anthology that they're going to okay. be airing. So there's Japanese and there's uh, English um, voice actors involved in this project. Mm-hmm. So the dubbing cast includes, in one episode, our very own Mr. Masioka. Ooh, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I had a, I had a feeling. I was like, what are the chances of me clicking on this Star Wars voice thing and no heroes people are involved? Because, like, yeah. That is fair. I just think, I was like, fair. yeah, I'll, I'll see. So, I was honestly expecting, like, maybe, like, Milo or someone, but, like, yeah. So. Yeah. Adrian. Um, yeah, but Masioka is going to be on one of the episodes. He's on, uh, let me see. He's on, like, one of the middle ones. Um, and it's called The Ninth Jedi. So, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, George Takei is in, in it as well, but I didn't know if that counted. As, that counts. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's like he's in so many things and he's like, you know, just his own entity, but. If he's in there with another Heroes alum, I guess that makes it more noteworthy. Than yeah, because they're on separate episodes. So it's like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that would have been fun, though, right? That's a missed opportunity. Indeed. Indeed. The number of times as a Heroes alum, um, like, uh, you know, as, as a veteran of the fandom, you will see people appear on the same project, but not in the same thing. And you just want to die about it is uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, it was right there. You could have done it. But, yeah. So close so far. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just a little bit of Heroes news, do to do Better than literally nothing. We've had nothing the last couple of weeks, so. Some random bits. Uh, yeah. no Quinto in this one, but, you know. Yeah, damn. Damn, whatever that guy's doing. Um, probably the, uh, you know, 50 other things he signed up for, so. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all right, though. We get plenty of him in the episode proper. We do. It's like a big, it's a big Quinto episode, and he gets to, like, really act the shit out of it, too, which is pretty fun, so. Yeah. But, uh. Let's let's kick things off proper. Um, you want to take it away? Who's our previously? Who actually is not in the episode? Yeah, we get a Matt Parkman previously. I don't think that's terribly common for him to do it either. So yeah, I actually when I was playing it, I had to go back and listen to it again because I was like, wait, was that Parkman? So yep, it was Parkman previously. So we start the episode off with. Siler again emerging from the earth where he was buried, or Nathan was buried, so, you know, Siler comes out. And we we just get a little bit of him, like, wandering around this, like, dark road, and the first car to come across him is, of course, a convenient cop. <laughs> Turns his lights on, and the cop thinks that this guy just drank too much, and he's like, hey, hands up and get on your knees now! <laughs> and this won't be the first time we see, or this won't be the last time we see this cop in this episode, so I might as well just introduce them right now. This yeah. is Captain Lubbock, played by Ernie Hudson. Yay! And yeah, we'll see more of him throughout the episode, but yeah, I was just like, convenient cop! <laughs> and we get a whoosh heroes right here. Like, this is like a really quick, like, opening for the episode. I wonder how long he was buried because do you think it's less convenient cop if somebody was like, I heard gunshots in the area. Oh. Which I literally never thought of until right now. So. Yeah. I don't think he was buried for long. I don't either. It doesn't seem like it. It was long enough for that guy to drive away, which might have been like, let's say it takes him like 10, 20 minutes to bury him and then Mm -hmm. drive off. Yep. Then maybe 10 minutes after that, he's out of the ground. Yep. 
Because it happened real fast, yeah. And in a very dramatic, like, zombie movie way, too. They really they really shot that intentionally. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, the music stings and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's alive. <laughs> but, but what is it? <laughs> exactly. Moving on. We go to the carnival. And we get to see, like, a lot more people at the carnival now. We see that there's actually a lot of kids there running around and... Samuel's like walking and he's making his way toward breakfast, which is at this big table. And we get to see this um this older woman like making waffles using like her heat power to heat the waffle maker and he's like, Oh, what a wonderful, gorgeous day. This is my favorite part of the day. And he's like, you know, I think heaven and earth for this whole family that we have. But sadly our family is kinda broken because um, you know, my brother died, left the seat at the table. But you know what? I have, like, a great feeling about today, and it's going to be an important day for us and for one of them, one of these poor people that are out there, like, trying to hide from the world and themselves. (laughs) Because by the end of today, we will have a full table again. I promise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is kind of, like, the crux of, like, maybe you shouldn't make promises, Samuel, throughout the whole episode. Yeah, Lydia and Edgar, the way they look at each other, they're just like, this is bad. This is trouble. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, God, when he's so chipper, I'm like, I hate morning people. <laughs> yeah, right? Yep, yep, yep. Ain't nobody trying to be around that. Not at all. Just let me eat my waffles. Let me eat my sausage and my waffles. Those blueberry waffles look good. <laughs> they did. It looked like a good breakfast. Yeah, I can go for that. But again, seeing more of the carnival, seeing all the people there, all the kids there. Yeah, there's a lot of people there. More than you would have thought. Oh, excuse me. You're excused. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there are a lot of kids there, which is interesting. Yeah. So we go from the carnival over to, you know, back to school. We're with Claire and Gretchen. And I just, oh, I love Claire in this volume. I just love her so much. She's mm-hmm. just, her writing is so nice. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I I really think that they figured out a really good place to be with her post high school, um, which they might've been kind of struggling with a little bit in the past. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's just in college and she's stoked. She's stoked to be in a dining hall. She's stoked to drink chocolate milk. <laughs> like She's just like living her best life. Um, and she's like, I mean, come on, you know, there's no serial killers after me. There's no snipers trying to take me down. Which, you know, that has been her life, so it's great. She can just sit there and be completely boring average, and it's great. So, I'm glad for her. She finally caught the normal life. Hooray. She's been chasing it, and it's finally here. And, oh, no, wait, let's just fuck that up right now. So, now we have a new character who is played by... Tessa Thompson was on Heroes for a couple mm-hmm. episodes. Possibly our most, like, well-known guest star. Like, in terms of, like, now modern, you know, important, popular celebrity people. Like, Tessa Thompson was on fucking Heroes. Um, yeah. She played Becky Taylor, uh, who comes up to Claire and is like, hey, so we found you because, you know, apparently her mother was a... You know, she was in a sorority. So that makes Claire a legacy. Um, they want Claire to rush the sorority. 
And Gretchen's like, mm, yeah, no, <laughs> like, let's not do that. And Claire's like, no, 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 this is all part of my normal that I'm chasing. Like, yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's, let's look, check it out. You know, what, what, what's the harm in that? And I love how Gretchen is very rightly concerned about Claire getting just like separate wived because like <laughs> sororities are a trip, man. It's a whole weird subculture. So I, I would understand the whole like not wanting to lose your friend of it all. But Claire's very charming and offers her chocolate milk and everything. And it's like, hey, let's let's just, you go with me. And then, you know, that won't happen. It'll be fine. We'll go together. We'll go to the rush party together. This is going to be fine. It's going to be fine, Rachel. It's just normal college stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's what she's chasing that. is the normal college stuff. And what's yeah. more normal than rushing for a sorority, you know? Exactly. So why not? Why mm-hmm. not? Yeah, no, it is a trip to see Tessa Thompson on this show now. It really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I looked up to see, like, okay, what was she in before, you know, and she did, like, a lot of theater and stuff. And I think, mm-hmm. like, the thing that they really pinpointed as pushing her into more of the public eye was uh, Veronica Mars. She was on a season of Veronica Mars. I always forget that, too. But she mm-hmm. was. A lot of Veronica Mars people showing up on Heroes. Yes. Wonder uh-huh. what the crossover rate is. Yeah. A lot. Probably, you know, that would be another one to look in for our Heroes by the Numbers episode. Yeah, because it's like, offhand, obviously, it's her, it's Cabell, it's um, it's uh, the guy who played Jesse, whose name I can't remember at this moment. Uh, Francis mm-hmm. Capra. There we go. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's other people, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all around the same time. Interesting yeah, I bet there's more at. that we haven't picked up on, possibly little guest stars and stuff that, you know. That's what I'm thinking, yeah, like the guest stars. So... Going from there, let's go to, we're uh, at Baltimore. Uh, Apparently we're in the Baltimore City Police Department and a criminal psychologist arrives. Her name is Dr. Gibson. You wrote down who played her, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's played by Christine Adams and she has been in a bunch of stuff. Like, yes, she was in Pushing Daisies as well around the same time. So you might recognize Mm -hmm. her from that. Um, She's also been on Doctor Who. She's been in a whole bunch of stuff. She's been in a lot of things. She's one of those people where you're like, hey, if you watch a lot of, like, genre television. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she's a wonderful um, appearance in this episode. So, yeah, Dr. Gibson shows up and she basically wants to get into the room with uh, Siler, Gabriel, whoever the fuck this is. And... Um, the cop, Lubbock, is very like, I don't know about all that. This guy, like, no, it's fine. Just rubber stamp him and move on. And uh, Dr. Gibson's like, yeah, no, I don't do that. <laughs> you know, I-, I want to speak with him. I want to try to get a sense of, of you know, what he's going through. Just very that classic, like, uh, uh, conflict, you know, between, like, ooh, the the detective and the and the doctor kind of thing. Like, because, you know... The detective's like, nope, throw him away. Lock him up. This is done. It's fine. Mm-hmm. He's probably some weirdo. And she wants to understand him. You see that, like, in TV all the time. So, you know, she goes in there. And he's in a state. Uh, he is traumatized. She's trying to talk to him. And she was told by the detective that he's basically just, like, starting and stopping. Like, he's not really, like, finishing a thought. And she explains that, you know, that could be a potential thing from a a head trauma. He could be suffering brain damage. He could be going through something called aphasia. Um, 
and it's it's so it's so hard to watch him freak out because the thing he's like flipping out about is the fact that he was like basically buried alive like Mm -hmm. he woke up in a fucking shallow grave and that concept is enough to really send him up a wall regardless of you know his lack of grasp on his identity like that alone is just enough to be like okay like this is this is not good whatever happened to me is not good and um he keeps pulling on the cuffs because he's cuffed to the table and uh she wants to she wants the detective to take the cuffs off and he's like that's not happening and she's like well fine then leave me the key leave me in here with him she's she's very over lubbock like right away like let me do my work kind of thing and lubbock is also very um skeptical of her because she doesn't have that much experience apparently there's normally another person who i guess works with the precinct um but she's new so that will explain a lot of her trust later on <laughs> yeah. um, mm-hmm. that you know she will pay for so she eventually convinces the detective to leave him alone and he leaves the keys and she uncuffs him and she's like, I'm going to help you the best I can. And he is just in a state. He looks like a fucking, like a caged animal. He is just like, I mean, obviously he's all dirty and bloody and everything, but just the way his like eyes are looking around the room and he's very shifty and twitchy and it's just like, oh my God, this is what's left when you, when you pop Siler into Parkman, <laughs> this is what's left. And yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's a husk, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the hell he's going to be able to even gain to know about himself because he he's literally missing a part of himself. So interesting oh, yeah. to see what what this becomes, what this turns into. So yeah, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> I want to talk more about uh, Doctor Gibson, but I think I'll wait until further on in the episode before I go into it. Okay. So, yeah. Like, some memories of uh, some fandom people during the day. Oh, joy. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But, so, but we'll wait until we, we, we hang out with her a little more. <laughs> okay. Before I get into it, so. Poor Siler, I guess. Maybe. Well, I mean, and that's what I'm going to go into later, too. That it was very clever of them to do this, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh... Let's let's move forward to like some, I guess, parental versus children issues. Um, <laughs> uh huh. We start off with Emma at the hospital, and the doctor from the last episode or the episode before that, whenever she was, the doctor mm-hmm. she was consulting about her seeing colors, comes in, asks if she's still seeing colors, and that she's got another theory about it, and that it might be uh, a conversion disorder. And Emma's like, yeah, they used to call it hysterical blindness. You think that I'm going crazy? And she's like, no, I think the whole filing act is starting to get to you. That you need to, like, you know, you're, like, wasting your potential. And Emma straight up asks, like, for, do you do this for all your patients? Or only the ones who happen to be your daughter? So hey. that is, it is her daughter. It is not her. She's not her grandmother. She is her mother. So I thought we were going to get confirmation. I'm glad we did. So... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from that, we kind of shift the scene to Peter in his apartment. And he's, like, talking, like, you know, I think this whole work thing is, like, getting to me, you know, that I'm putting too much in. And that's why I, like, wanted to reconnect with people close to me, or at least the ones who bother to show up. And we see that he's talking to Angela, who is very distracted. (laughs) Because Peter also invited Nathan, but Nathan's not there. And she's like, did you ask that one aide and, like... She's like a phone message black hole. And he's like, can we just focus on me, mom, and not Nathan? 
<laughs> oh, Peter. And we flip back to Emma, who is pretty much like telling her mother to not be demeaning to file clerks. And because her mother thinks that she's wasting her mind and her talent. And she tells her to be serious. And she's like, I am being serious because, hey, you know, when you come looking for those files that you desperately need and they just happen to disappear, don't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And we go back to Peter, who's talking about how he used to think that being a paramedic would fill that hole. Instead of having to watch people die, he could save them. But Angela is not listening. She is distracted. She's looking at the empty chair. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Nathan will be fine. Like, she has not been listening to a word he said. Mm-mm. And tells him to start over. And he's like, I'm not I'm not going to start over with this whole conversation again. <laughs> oh, Peter. Little does he know why she's so distracted, but yes. And we flip back to Emma and her mother. And she's like, I, you know, I talked to this one doctor. And he he says that you can start your residency over. That you can have another go at it. And Emma's like, no. And she's like, it's been six years. Stop blaming yourself for Christopher's death. Stop grieving and take your life back. And she's like, I'm not grieving. And she gets up and she like walks away. And we also see Peter getting up as well on his end of things. And Angela's all like, you know what? I think I'm going to stay a while. Maybe like Nathan's running late. And Peter's just like, okay, ma. And he starts to leave. And she stops him and tells him, you know what, Peter, you work too much. <laughs> and he just kind of smiles and we get to see him whoosh off out of the apartment, leaving Angela to just kind of like think about where the hell Nathan is. <laughs> yeah. I felt so terrible for Peter in this scene. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I'd forgotten about this scene and I was like, holy God, just pay attention to him. He's trying to come to you. Yeah. He's like, trying just, to come uh... for for solace or for some ears or for advice and they're just like yes and they're like but nathan though and it's just Mm -hmm. like oh i'm sure he's dealt with that for real in his life too so yeah i doubt yeah it's an unusual circumstance so it certainly didn't seem that you know unusual yeah so it's just he was just so chipper in the beginning just like he's gonna figure stuff out and it's just like not getting any support and just watching him like go down from there oh I wanted to hug him. Because it's like, they're both like Emma and Peter are getting the opposite. Like, Peter is not getting the support he wants. Mm-hmm. And Emma's kind of getting too much support. She doesn't want this level of support. She wants to do her own thing. And both their parents just not listening to them. Parents just don't understand. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, I love how they uh, edited it with them, like, back to back like that. I thought that was neat. So. Mm-hmm. And it also works, you know with how much Peter and Emma are going to become part of each other's stories too, which again is such an interesting little choice to make. So yeah. Yeah. More um, to come. Definitely. Right now we're going back to, back to college though. Woo sorority. Woo rush. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm very Gretchen about it. I'm like, Claire, these people suck. Don't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she and uh, Gretchen are at the rush party And Becky has, like, a little speech that she gives. And basically what they're going to be doing first is, like, a get-to-know, perspective pledges, uh, speed dating. So we see them, you know, talking to all the other people there in, like, these little moments. And 
it's funny because it's like Becky is very intentionally when she chooses how they start uh, splitting up Claire and Gretchen, um, like wants them far away from each other. So Claire's getting interviewed and it's so funny because you get to hear her have to like not only have a normal life, you know, within her grasp, but also try to present that for other people when her Mm -hmm. life has been anything but. So it's great to be like, oh, yeah, my dad works in paper and my mom, you know. Raises show dog or champion show dogs. Well, show dog. There's one, <laughs> and like <laughs> just trying to be like, okay, normal, normal, just very base fact stuff. But don't get in all the weird shit that's happened to you, which is damn near impossible. Um, and they make a very big point about talking about if she's had any boyfriends, and she says that there's been a series, and then she's like, wait, and she's like, no, nah, series of no boyfriends. Which is an interesting choice that's going to lead us to something later in this episode, which is a big deal. So mm-hmm. I like how they very specifically left that in because they're leading us up to something. And we see Gretchen is apparently talking about Claire because as Claire is going through this, people already know things about her from having talked to Gretchen. And then like, huh, that's a choice, right? That's interesting. I don't know why. Gretchen would be talking so much about me and she could just answer questions about herself. That's kind of weird, right? So, yeah. Just a little little something there. Yeah, what's up, Gretchen? Why, why are we talking about Claire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gonna raise some questions that, you know, lead us to an interesting place later. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like a quick little scene of that. And then we go back to Emma, who's walking in the city streets now. And she's clearly upset after after the, the whole thing with her mother. And it looks like she's crying a little bit even. And she's just sort of like wandering through and she's too upset to realize some stuff is going to go down because she's upset. But she notices as she's upset that anything that makes a loud sound is like a flash of color again. So a cop car goes by her and like the siren is a cool flash of color. And there's a jackhammer working in the streets again, a cool flash of color. And she's distracted by this and accidentally backs right into the street, into traffic. And good for her that Peter has super speed because he comes up out of nowhere and saves her. Mm-hmm. She would have been flattened. Um, she, she was like right in the middle of traffic. And so, um, yeah, he grabs her and he, you know, pulls her out of the street. And afterwards, she's trying to walk away. And he's trying to get her attention again. Like, are you okay? Like, like what, what happened? Do you not realize? Like, what, what's going on? You know? And he's, he's just, he's having a hell of a time connecting to people today, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And she's being very, like, avoiding. She, she just does not want to engage with this at all. And uh, I think she's a little embarrassed, too, obviously. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to get away from him. And he touched her as he's trying to, like... Be like, hey, you know, listen to me. Like, I need to know you're okay. You you literally, like, stepped into traffic. Like, what's going on? And when he touches her and then she leaves, he's like, ah, oh, damn it. And so he, do you, why, why was he trying to run? Was he running late? Like, I don't remember. Like... Just running to work. Probably. Okay, yeah. So he, he tries to, he goes off into an alley and he's just going to speed off to work because that's what he does. And he tries to run, and he runs like a normal human being. He's not sitting there running like a speedster. And he does the funniest fucking thing 
that I might have to make a gif of, which is he hits his legs as though they are broken. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that? That choice yeah. from Milo is like my favorite. He's like, come on. <laughs> Just got to get him going. It's fine. <laughs> But yeah, then he tries to run again. It's like, nope, just just fucking regular Peter Petrelli running. <laughs> Nothing interesting about that. And he's like, well, what the hell? You know, and he gets so frustrated because he's lost this thing that has been really helping him on the job. And um, he kicks a trash can in frustration. And when he does, he sees the shimmer of color. And he's like, whoa, that's different. What the hell is that? So... He accidentally borrowed Emma's power when he touched her. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be that's, careful. <laughs> that's the thing, right? That's the thing about his new his new power is you can fuck it up real fast, <laughs> touching mm-hmm. the wrong person accidentally. So Especially if you're touching him and feeling some kind of like, you know, empathetic connection. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which he was doing with Emma because he was like trying to connect with her and like, are you okay? And yeah. They're going to play with that so much later on with, with Peter, like, losing powers, gaining powers, and how that affects him, like, interacting with others, so. Yeah. Sadly, he can't just grab that again, because... <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's not someone he knows. He just has to go find Edgar again. Oh, wait. Yep. Yeah. Not that Not that easy. So now he has to figure this out. Yeah. He kind of, like, walks away all dejected, too, like, ugh. <laughs> He's like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Edgar, kind of, let's go back to the carnival where Samuel is smelling dirt and he's kind of like off, like, I guess, outside of the carnival and Lydia moves up to him and he's like, yeah, hand me that like a uh, sack right there. And she does. And she's like, yeah. Um, so who's this new family member? <laughs> that you're you were talking about this morning is it nakamura is it petrelli is it bennett you know who who is it and then realizes that he doesn't know who it is either <laughs> and he's like you're right i don't know who it is but i just feel it in my bones i feel it in the earth that we're gonna have someone new tonight <laughs> and she's like it's a gamble to just make proclamations to everyone based on just your your feelings <laughs> and we she's see right, though yeah she's not wrong and we see that he's planting seeds in the ground. And he's like, you know, but it's it's just like it's just like sowing these seeds, you know, we just gotta wait and see who's gonna break the ground first. <laughs> We've got all these pieces in motion, we just gotta wait and see. And he like covers the seeds with like a, a motion of his arms, and then Lydia just kinda like gives him a look before walking off. <laughs> yeah. We can see there's trouble in paradise. We saw it with Edgar, we saw it with Lydia, you know. Oh yes. There is some happy. friction there. Mm-hmm. Who's it going to be? Who's going to complete the circle? Yeah, who is it? But he, he feels it in his bones, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I guess, you know, the day is young, so yeah. lots, lots of things could happen. Got the whole day and the whole night, man. <laughs> um, Speaking of getting annoyed with people, uh... <laughs> We go back to Claire in her dorm room, and she's looking in her closet like, hey, have you seen my wet sweater? It's got this, like, frilly thing in the front. And she turns around, and Gretchen is wearing it already. And she's like, yeah, I was going to, like, ask to borrow it. And Claire's just like, yeah, okay, that's fine, sure, uh uh-huh. And you can see that she's, like, she turns back to the closet and is kind of annoyed about the whole thing. (laughs) And Gretchen goes off to, to continue getting ready. 
And when she does, this book falls off the shelf, which bumps Gretchen's laptop and kind of turns it on. Claire's like, oh, that's weird. She goes and picks the book back up and sees that (laughs) Gretchen has a lot of tabs open, I guess. Mm -hmm. And all of them are about Claire. And there's even one about um, Annie's stuff in another tab, like the the murder-suicide theory. And Gretchen comes back like, hey, you ready? And Claire's like, um, why don't you just go ahead and I'll, I'll catch up. I've got a little more stuff to, to finish up getting ready here. Because, you know, it's a mixer. We should mix with people we don't know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and Gretchen, like, reluctantly leaves. Oh, no. What's happening to our new favorite friends? Like, I don't blame Claire, you know? Me like, neither. She keeps getting vibes like, you know... Like, why are you being so clinging to me? Like, I get it, but, like, we need to meet more people. So we're going to this mixer while we're doing this. And Gretchen doesn't want us. She just wants to be with Claire. Just hang out with Claire all the time. Mm -hmm. It's rubbing her the wrong way. Borrowing her shirts. Excuse me? I mean, (laughs) two things there. One, Gretchen's going to stretch that out. They couldn't have more different body types. And two... Um, it's so great because it's like, even if this was just completely normal, like, it, it, this is very, oh, Claire, you've never had a roommate or a sister before, have you? Mm-mm. This is how that shit goes down. <laughs> just Lyle. Yeah. Lyle didn't give a damn. She never had to mess with him. Like, you know, just, just it just in like that annoying little brother way. This is a very different vibe that she's not used to. <laughs> yeah. A brother sister vibe is different than like a sister sister vibe. So. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The seeds of suspicion. Oh, oh dear. Oh, seeds, seeds again? Huh? Weird. Huh? <laughs> What's going on with Gretchen? We wanted to like her. Yeah. Huh? Maybe things aren't so normal for Claire. Yeah. Don't know. We'll find out. We will. Let's go back to Baltimore. I was trying to say it like they say it with the accent because it doesn't have a T in it. Yeah. Baltimore. Um, so <laughs> let's go back to uh, Baltimore and we see, I, I call him so many different things in my notes. Um, uh, Gabriel is the easiest thing to call him because this is not, this is not Siler really. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an easy thing to call him. Um, so he's sitting there and he's drinking like a, a cup of warm tea and he's just like astounded by it like this is really good what is this and she's like it's tea like this is you know you've never had tea and he just is like i've never had anything what is that sentence rachel (laughs) like what the hell what did you do to him matt like fuck like you really scraped him clean um so he's talking about like everything just feels so new and uh, it's interesting. And this is where I want to take a minute. And um, this is probably spoilery, but whatever. I don't care. Um, wee, 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 spoiler warning. Um, actually seeing and spending time with the husk that was left behind is definitely a sympathizing move from the writers for what we're going to need to feel for the character later on. Yeah. In the volume. So that's the thing, right? It's just like, oh, this is the bad guy. He's getting what he deserves. But... The way the story ends up turning out in this final season of Heroes, it's like, oh, no, it's 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 a little more than that. And you're going to be asked to do a lot of forgiving and a lot of um, sympathizing and empathizing with this character on a level that you never might have expected. And uh, it was really smart for them to do this whole episode, I think, mm-hmm. um, 
to, to, to give you a sense of the trauma of what he's going through and what Matt and Angela and everyone did to him. Um, instead of just like sassy snide Siler over in California, you know, like it's important to see this too. Yes. Um, so Dr. Gibson's like, I think that you've gone through something. Um, I think that something very traumatic happened to you and we just need to, we need to sort through it. We need to try to figure it out. And she tries to get him to close his eyes, just be like, what's the first thing you remember? And the thing we keep seeing as the audience is he keeps having flashes of just being buried. It's like the first memory he has. It is the, could you imagine that? That is the first and only thing in your brain. Mm-hmm. Is that just over and over again? You have no other experiences, no other memories, no other connections. That is the only thing that's in your head because that's the first thing you, and only thing you've experienced. That's insane. Like that is that is fucked up. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, he he just keeps seeing that over and over. He doesn't see anything at first, but as he continues to focus and kind of you know center himself, he starts noticing that it's really hard to concentrate the way she wants him to because of the ticking. The ticking is distracting. And she's like, what do you mean? And there's a giant clock in the room. And he's like, well, that clock and your watch are off. They're both off. And it's it's really getting to me. And Dr. Gibson's just like, this watch has been running fast for years. How did you hear that? And before they can go much further into this um, path, the detective is like, can I speak to you for a moment? And he gets her out of the room. And he's like, yeah, no, we're done with this because Apis just uh, matched his prints. That's the fingerprinting database if you don't watch an absolute fuck ton of crime TV. Um, they they found a match. Uh, this guy, yeah, no, he's he's bad news. And so this is, we're going to do things different. We're going to do things my way now because... We figured out who he's supposed to be. And so, yeah, if you think about that body and if you think about that newspaper in Mexico, mm. um, that body is wanted for something bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Homicidio. Homicidio. Oh, <laughs> uh, and you killed your mother. Um, yeah, so uh, it's, it's so interesting to see, like, him... With this, like, empathetic, you know, person who's trying to listen and help him. And how that quickly is just going to all come fucking crashing down. Because we know who he is and what he's done. And we can't forget that. So, and the show's not going to let you either. No. Mm-mm. It's an interesting little back and forth they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts about that little moment? Yeah. I don't think I have anything more to to add for that scene, no. Okay. Yeah, he's just he's just a little empty like everything's new. He's a baby. He's a baby. He is baby. He's a mur- he's a murder baby. <laughs> he is baby. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, he is baby. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh mm-hmm. let's go back to to Peter. Um yeah. He he gets to the hospital and he's looking around for Emma. And he gets kind of like sidetracked by a group of kids singing because he gets distracted by the colors coming off of them. And he notices that Emma is on the opposite side of the room. Also, not looking at the singing kids, but looking up where he was at the colors. <laughs> and he realizes that she can see it too. And Emma also notices Peter over there that he's also looking up. 
And she kind of like makes a little sign like, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And he smiles and nods at her. And he is like stoked right now. He is like smiley. He's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is great. And she is not as stoked about it. She is less so. And we get a little commercial break. The kids stop singing. And in that room, he's like, hey, did you see that too? Like, you know. And Emma is like, bro, I am deaf. (laughs) (laughs) She makes it very clear to him, like, all this time that you are talking at me, I am not listening. And he's like, oh, okay. Can you read lips? And she's nods like, yeah, I can kind of read lips. And he's like, he just goes full tilt. He's like, oh, God, so I must have gotten that ability off of you on the street. And she's like, um, what are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) And he realizes that her seeing this is, like, new to her. And so he's like, man, like, oh, okay, I get it. So, But, like, there's people like us, and they can fly and teleport and read minds. And she's like, you know, sometimes I misunderstand what people are saying with by reading lips. <laughs> Can you write that. it down? And so she brings him a paper and he writes down teleportation flying. <laughs> and she's all like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, is it though? I mean, you're seeing this too. And he goes over to the piano and he plays a note and we see a little light come up. And she sits down with him and they both are playing the piano toying around with it and it's quite a long scene of them being like cute and just like playing with the piano mm-hmm. and after they're finished with that she asks why me why now and peter's like i don't know but how you know we go get some lunch tomorrow you know get you out of the file room and oh peter that was the wrong thing to say to this woman on this day because she's mm-hmm. like no i'm i'm fine i'm fine in the file room and she gets up and she leaves mm-hmm Everybody just leave Emma in her file room alone. <laughs> he doesn't realize that that is a particular sore subject with her and why it's a yes. sore subject. No. So he's just trying to be charming and nice, but like, yeah, that's not the thing to say to her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're grieving or whatever, but if somebody who looks like that asks you out for lunch, like... <laughs> <laughs> I think we get more information about what happened I guess six years ago. We at do, some point. we do, we do. Yeah, but yeah, we do know something happened and someone died. That's all we know. I just admire her resolve. I've met him in person. He's gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, yeah. it, she would have said yes until he said, "Get you out of that flower." And then she was uh-huh, like, "Nope, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah. nope." <laughs> Everyone stop trying to get me out of my damn flower room, and she just <laughs> walks off. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. I love the scene with them playing piano together so much. Yes. It's just like a nice little, I don't know, it's just different for the show. Yeah, it's longer than you think it would be, too. Like, it's like... Yes. Quietly, like, playing the piano and watching the lights go around. Yeah. Um, And also, it's worth mentioning what the kids were singing. Oh, God. What were they singing? The theme song to the TV show Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Yeah, like, believe it or not, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yes, yeah. I yeah. I was like, what was it they were singing? I didn't write down what mm-hmm. it was, yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. That's wonderful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, that's a fun little wink from whoever decided that. Yeah. So, we'll go back to the mixer. Sounds great. Cool. So, Claire's there, and Becky comes right up to her, and she's pleased that Claire came back. And, uh... <laughs> I just, 
I, I've, I've said this over and over, but it's so true. Like, Claire is, you know, is pretty, and you think that she'd be, like, really, you know, not socially awkward, but she's fucking awkward as all hell, yep. mm-hmm. um, which is so charming about her. Um, because, you know, Becky's like, oh, I'm so glad you came back and everything. And Claire's like, yeah, yeah, me too. It's good to expand my social Venn diagram into more circles. <laughs> like, it's just the most awkward statement. Like, oh, my God. Claire, I love that about you. <laughs> and Claire meets... Um, they're both Claire, right? Isn't that the joke? I don't remember. I think the joke is that um, the girl is also named Claire and she was also a cheerleader. Okay, okay. Because she's like, Claire, meet Claire kind of thing. Um, and so they talk for a little bit about cheerleading and, you know, all that. And as they're having this little discussion, suddenly something falls from the stair, like, up above them. They're, like, by a staircase. And it's, like, um, a flag, like, those little, like, uh, those really, like, big banner flags that have, like, the, I guess, like, sort of a, it's, like, a pointy bit, like, on the staff, right? I think it's, like, the finial is, like, a, a sharp, pointy finial. I love that you know the word for that. I don't. Oh, <laughs> that was, like, the sharp part on some flags. So, that just out of nowhere falls over the edge of the, like, staircase uh, railing and would have absolutely gotten other Claire. But um, our Claire pushed her out of the way, realized what was going to happen. And when she pushes the girl out of the way, she instantly looks up. And who is up there but Gretchen looking down? Uh-oh. Not looking good. Mm-mm. Yeah. What the fuck is going on, Gretchen? We wanted to like you. You're really sus right now. Super sus. <laughs> She's, like, totally sabotaging the ship. <laughs> we have to get her out. Yeah, like, what the hell? Not great. <laughs> no. Um, going back to the Baltimore Police Department, we see, like I said, he doesn't get Gibson this time. He gets Lubbock. And so Gabriel gets, you know, the, the whole bit. He gets like, oh, we know who you are now. You can stop with this, like, poor me puppy dog act. Like, you are a former watchmaker from Queens who murdered your own mother. That's who you are. And Gabriel is just like, that That does not make any sense to me. I would not do that. That isn't me. I don't know what you're talking about. And the cop gets real aggressive with him real fast. Goes full like the shield on him and turns the fucking camera off. He unplugs it. And that's never good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm going to get a confession from you about how you killed your mother. And it's like, oh, my God, he's going to rough him up. Like, what the fuck? And uh, again, it's a really smart way to sympathize with what Gabriel is going to, like, go through. It's like, oh, damn, he's going to get his ass kicked by this cop. And uh, you see, again, that he's, like, freaking out. And he sees the bits of getting buried again after he was shot. And all the emotions and all the adrenaline as this cop is, like, coming for him. Um, he freaks out. And when the cop slides the table out of the way, he uses his TK to, like, throw the guy through the two-way glass. So, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he has no memories, no connections, but he's still got those. That's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really bad, in fact. Instinct um, took over. It sure did, just like it did with the with the ticking, and the TK is as close to him as anything. Yeah. So, um, we we see that happen, and then it was like a commercial after that, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So a commercial goes black, comes back, and we see Doctor Gibson, and she's in the parking lot, 
or like not the lot, but like, um, what do you call that? Parking garage. And, uh, she has the file in her car on Gabriel Gray and she's kind of looking at it and suddenly all the lights go off in the parking lot. Big homecoming vibes, right? Mm -hmm. And he's out there and he's desperate and he's outside of her car and he's trying to get her to help him. He's like, you said you would, you promised, like, I need your help. You have to help me. Yeah. Interesting stuff there. (laughs) Yeah. You in danger, girl. You are. You really are. Oh, man. Yeah. What do you think happens to the women in his life who help him? <laughs> Hachi Machi, we know what happens to them. Mm-hmm. It's not great. No, it's not. No. It's really not. So hopefully things are better for her. I guess we will find out. I I hope she survives. She seems cool. But Yeah. I'm just saying um, precedent would prove that that might not be the case. Certainly not. Certainly not. So... Before we find out about that, uh, let's go back to Claire and Gretchen, eh? Yeah. And Claire is back at the dorm room and Gretchen comes in all, I didn't do it. Because <laughs> she knows that Claire thinks she did it and Claire left the like mixer immediately after. And Claire's like, I didn't say that. And Gretchen's like, why would I do it? Why would I try to do that? And then Claire snaps. You didn't want me to make friends? You wanted to expose my freakiness to everyone? I saw the stuff <laughs> on your computer. Why are you stalking me? Why are you, you know? And she's like, why are you snooping on my computer? And she's like, a book fall, a book fell and I saw it. And she, what, a book jumped and told you to invade my privacy? <laughs> Love that. And she's like, it wasn't just me. There was stuff on Annie too. And like, did you have something to do with Annie? Is Are you the reason Annie's dead? Like, how convenient. <laughs> and also, why during the speed dating, all you talked about was me? What was up with that? You know? And Gretchen's like, I get nervous when I'm talking about myself, so I just was talking about you. And Claire is very upset. All I wanted was a normal life, and it's crumbling around me again. (laughs) And Gretchen's like, I didn't kill Annie. And I am not stalking you. It's It's not what you think it is. It's... And Gretchen grabs her and gives her a kiss. And after the kiss, Claire is kind of shook and <laughs> very and Gretchen's is like i have a crush i'm crushing i'm crushing on you and claire has no response she is shocked into silence right now and they get a knock on the door and it's the it's a whole group of sorority girls and they're carrying candles and they're all like please accept this bid to join the psi alpha chi sisterhood and claire is kind of happy but Gretchen is not as stoked about them showing up. <laughs> yeah, no shit. The timing could not be worse. Yeah, so that's why Gretchen's been acting kind of weird. Oh my. She's got a crush on Claire Bennett. And Claire, like, took it in an interesting way. Like, Yeah, she wasn't, like, shook and like, oh, like, what the fuck are you doing? It was more like, huh. Yeah, there was no, like, gay panic or whatever. Like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was um, just surprising, as it would be. So Yeah. Interesting move, show. <laughs> Again, like you had said with the um, the making sure they mentioned the boyfriend thing in the, earlier, uh-huh. in the earlier stuff, yeah. I never noticed it on the first watch through, obviously, but then they were very like, you know, she's had boyfriends, but has she? Like, yeah, so. 
mostly west. Yeah. Just west, pretty much. And I mean, you know, just going a little further, again, spoiler alert, we, um, I mean, it, it seems like Claire's probably bi. Yes. Um, just because of what they do in the, um, the novel. If it wasn't for the novel and the, like, you know, reborn of it all, I would say she's probably just a lesbian. Yeah. But she seems bi, so. I think she's canon bi at this point. So. Yes. But we'll get into all that oh, yes. when we get to yeah. it. But yeah. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep. yep. a, a fun little tease for people to be like, this isn't just like a, a, a sweep stunt. This is a thing. Yes. So. There, there's more of this. We all, thought, we all thought it was going to be. We were all like, what What? What, what the hell is this? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. This is random. But then the show actually like explores it. So Yeah. So we, we get more coming. Yep. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, let's go to the carnival. Yeah, who showed up, Rachel? <laughs> well, before someone shows up. <laughs> Lydia is hanging out with Samuel. She's basically got her back open. And she's like, it's a little late for Hail Mary passes. And Samuel's like, ugh, says you because it's getting late. It's dark. No one has come yet. And he sticks her back with the ink and nothing, nothing emerges. She's like, nope, not happening. And he is upset and he tosses his... Ro- the little, like, rag he's holding, and someone invisible catches it. He's like, oh, hello, Rebecca. Oh, shit. It's <laughs> Becky. There's Tessa oh, Thompson. No! She is part of the carnival, <laughs> people. Oh, my God. Shit. And she's like, this better be good. I'm missing midnight, Uncle Samuel. <laughs> and he asks her how her work is going with Claire Bennett. And she's like, well, we're sisters now, so that's one thing. And, you know, he's like, that's good. We just, I just want to make sure that you're pushing her in the right direction. And she's like, you know, sometimes I swear all I do is push. (laughs) I love that. And we get some flashbacks here. We see that she is the reason that Claire almost got skewered. We see that she knocked the book off the shelf in Claire's room. And we also see... That she is the one that pushed Annie out the window. Oh, no. And she also left the suicide note behind after Claire left. So Claire, in fact, did not see a suicide note. She placed it after Claire shocking, like, (laughs) after seeing Annie ran out of the room. And it's kind of cool to see these scenes again, but with her in there visible. So, yeah, she was invisible this whole time. She's like Claude. She's our invisible woman. Oh, shit. And That's so, it's, like, such a delight, because you want someone like Tessa Thompson to do something, like, more than just, like, that role, you know? You're like, yeah, this is good. This is what I want to see. Because, yeah, I remembered she was kind of, like, the bad guy, but I couldn't remember why. And then when I saw this, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's right. She's part of the carnival. Yep. So we go back to them, and Samuel's like, I don't suppose she's on her way to us now. You know, I'm kind of, like, desperate at the moment, hoping someone's going to show up. <laughs> And Lydia's all, no, not yet, but your dust has finally settled. And he and Rebecca both look at her back, and an image has formed. We don't get to see who's on her back, though. <laughs> but Samuel is very excited. He tells Rebecca to get back to campus, to campus because it looks like they are pulling up stakes. So, yeah, we don't get to see what the tattoo is, but they are getting ready to, to move to greet their new oh, family, wow. I guess. Someone's coming. Yeah. Who's it going to be? Yeah. 
Oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love that. I love that for Tessa Thompson. She's so devious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we go back to Gabriel and Dr. Gibson. He's in the car now. And he's just like, continues to be like, I'm not a killer. Like, you got to help me. And she's like, well, guess what, dude? You're a kidnapper and a carjacker. That's not great. As they're like driving. And he he's, you know... She she's like this is who you are. Like she says his name, and he's like I close my name or I close my eyes. He's like that name doesn't feel like me. I I, I that that name means nothing to me. I, I have no connection with that. And she's like yeah, but the watchmaker part that makes a lot of sense with what you said about my watch, and you know like that that would work. Like this seems like you. It has to be you. Kind of trying to get him to realize, and it you know. He, he just is very, he's just in denial about all of this because, I mean, why wouldn't he be? And he keeps saying, like, I'm not a killer. That doesn't, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't kill my mother. That's not, that's not me. And they're driving and she stops the car suddenly and he gets out and he's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm trying to, like, leave. And she's like, okay, so if by definition you are not a killer, then if I do this, then you won't kill me. And she wants him to go and turn himself in, basically. And he's got a gun. That's how he, like, got her, you know, to drive and everything. And he throws it down. And he, like, he considers it. He considers it. He's going to just listen to her and be like, okay, maybe I'll do that. But then the cops come. And they escalate the whole goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Lubbock is there. He he survived. He just is, you know, a little scratched up or whatever. And he's pissed. <laughs> and so he... You know, he's got his gun on him and everything, and Gabriel lifts his hands up. You know, he's trying to comply. But his powers are like his built-in defense mechanism, whether he wants them to be or not. (laughs) And so what happens on one of his hands, but electricity starts crackling. And so they fire on him. And uh, again, seems a bit much. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Just really going for it. And uh, they fire at him, and it basically it turns into the thing where, like, he and, like he falls into Gibson. They're on the top of a hill together, and they go down the hill together, he and, and Dr. Gibson. And at the bottom of it, she's with him, and he's fine. He's covered in new bullet holes, because he changed, he got new clothes while he was at the precinct. So these are new bullet holes. And she watches, he lifts up his shirt as we get to see the classic, like, bullets squeeze out bit. And she's just like, what the hell was that? Like, what is going on? What am I even involved with? He's confused by it, too. He has no idea what's going on with this weird body of his. And she tells him to run, because clearly there's something much bigger going on here. And, you know, the police aren't going to be able to handle this. And also, I mean, hi, he's very dangerous. He could easily kill those cops if they come at him again. Mm -hmm. So probably trying to help them too. And so he does. He he escapes. He's running through the woods. That's where we we leave off with him for now. Um, Yeah, I, I couldn't begin to imagine. You have no memories. We have one memory. And your body heals and it shoots electricity, and you can move things with your mind. <laughs> like, what? What do you do with that? There's no concept for this. There's no frame of reference for this. Like, yeah, because he is confused. Because what really got him revved up in the police station? He mentions it to her again in the car. Was that um, the captain was like, 
we're going to throw you down a hole and, you know, throw away the key. Yes. And that's yes. like, he just came out of a hole, guys. <laughs> and he's like, they're going to yep. throw me in a hole. Yeah. I don't want to be. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just flipping out. Yeah. So let's talk about Dr. Gibson. Okay. And, and the fandom's reaction to Dr. Gibson. Because, like, I feel like, like you said, everyone thought that that, that the kiss was going to be like a sweep stunt and stuff. And I think people also thought Dr. Gibson was going to stick around for a while. Mm. And there was a, certainly a group of people that assumed that, like, oh, this is a doctor. It's someone who's sort of sympathizing with Gabriel. There was a lot of com- <laughs> com- um, comparisons drawn to Dr. Suresh, to Mahundra. I remember this now. Yeah. And, like, oh, are they just, like, heteroing, like, you know, this trying to hetero the ship up a little bit and, like, putting someone new in there? Because, as we know, Sendel isn't on the show at the moment. Mm. And they were, like, kind of, like, seeing her as, like, a replacement to him in some way. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people were not very happy about it. Yeah. I totally had forgotten about that until you brought it up. But you're right. They were like, oh, so we're just going to throw a woman at him now, huh? Who's, like, pretty much very similar to Mohinder. And I'm like, that's really dismissive, first of all. Yeah. (laughs) That's, Mm -hmm. like, that's, you know, yeah, that's, that's really fucked. Um... Yeah, I remember that. People were like, mm, about it. A, a certain segment of the fandom was mm, about that. I remember that. Yep, yep, yep. After watching, Don't I was worry, like, guys. I remember. He's still hella gay. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got a journey to go on with him still. So, yeah, Gabriel Body is on the run um, going back to New York. So, yeah, we see Emma arrives back at her apartment, and there's um, a cello in her room, in, her, like, her living room. That's odd. And uh, it looks like the one from the park. Mm-hmm. Like, the coloring's the same. And it's like, huh, okay. So she goes over to it, and she plays it, and the colors emerge once again. And we get this, like, little montage uh, scene of um we see becky and we see the other sorority sisters at the campus and she's playing the music and we see peter and he's hanging up his stuff so much for human connection oh what a bad day (laughs) oh my god he's just like in it and suddenly of all the things to occur hero shows up in peter's apartments what the hell and uh peter's like hero (laughs) like he's stunned by it and Hero barely gets a word out before he just, he passes the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So now Hero, who's going through a medical thing, is with Peter. Yeah. Who can, like, handle that stuff. So that's that's fun. That's unexpected, but cool. And we see back in Emma's apartment, we see that there's clearly, there's a, yep, there's a framed doctorate on the wall. She's, like, a doctor in biomedicine. Um and she's playing and it's getting more passionate and more emotional and she's really kind of going through all of the stuff that she's dealt with over the last couple days and as she's playing this cello and the colors are going everywhere suddenly when she strikes it with the bow the sound cracks her wall it makes like a giant crack in her apartment like literally like floor to ceiling and it's like Oh shit! This is more than just a pretty color power. This is uh, this is not good. This is dangerous. Mm-hmm. All these powers—they always—they always start off so nice and fun, and then it always turns into that. So like, ooh shit, that's a thing to explore. 
And the final bit of the episode, we go to, again, Gabriel's running through the woods. He's being chased down by cops and dogs and all that. And he's running from the law. And suddenly, as he's going through these very dark woods, we see it gets really bright in the distance. And he crosses over this, like, threshold of trees. And suddenly the fucking carnival is right in front of him. And it's like, they weren't there. Like, like where, how? No, the lights were, were not there and then they were. What, the, what is going on? And Samuel's there, like, ever the just, like, devil himself, <laughs> like, in his little suit and his guy liner, like, come on, come with me. Come on, mm-hmm. this way. This way, my boy. And, uh, he, what, what option does he have? <laughs> So, sure, he goes for it. And um, when we see the cops and the dogs again, like, you can tell it's a cool lighting effect because you see the lights in the trees and then you see nothing. And then they get up to where Gabriel was and there's nothing there. It's just like a clearing. And we see Gabriel and he's going through the gates with Samuel. And Samuel's like, it's okay, brother, you're safe here. And Gabriel's real confused, like he has been the whole episode. And he's just like, where exactly is here? And Samuel's like, home. And I love the way that uh, Gabe Body is basically like, well, I might as well fuck- fucking well. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> else is making sense about this day. Oh, sure. Sure. It's like that. <laughs> it's like that John Mulaney bit where it's like, oh, everything else in adult life is so goddamn weird. <laughs> I may as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That. Who's coming to the carnival? <laughs> I guess Samuel was right. Fuck, yeah, he was. Yeah. But uh, based on what we've seen in the past, even without that, you know, core to him, Gabriel doesn't do structure really well. <laughs> and uh, I don't think this is going to turn out the way they think it Mm-mm. is. So, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see, though. We will, we will find out. Yeah. Uh, I want to slightly step back and go back to Emma and her apartment real quick. Um, sure. I love how she doesn't question that there's suddenly a cello in her apartment. Um, exactly. We also see behind it a large green box. And oh, yeah. on this box is a compass rose. Oh, yeah. So just, just a little note. They don't make much of a fuss about it, but you do see it in the scene. Just another seed, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, Gabriel sprouted first, but that doesn't mean there's not other plants in the garden that are going to come up. We've seen that. We've seen there's other plants in the garden. Yeah. So. But, but like, all over. Like, damn, they've got their fingers in everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was the episode. Did it slap? Mm, Didn't slap, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fine. It's good. You know, Quinto gets to, you know, chew the scenery up, and I'm all about that, so. Yeah. And, and, you know, other people get stuff to do. Like, I just, I, I just like Peter in his sad day. He's just trying so hard to just connect with one fucking person and it's just not going to work out for him. Everyone's fucking distracted or he says the wrong thing and, uh hmm yep. Some days it's just, it's just like that. You just can't get things to work, so. Sadly, no. And he can't run anymore. No, he can't. <sighs> Even if he smacks his legs. Like, come on, legs. Damn. Don't fail me now. Damn, damn, damn. Also, um, they, uh, if I remember correctly, they do, like, the heroic, like, Peter hero theme music when he starts to run, and then it just goes, (laughs) like, nope. (laughs) Like, nope. 
Try again. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's wonderful. I fucking love the music on this show. It has such good, like, iconic little bits with characters. That was so smart of them to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, name another show that has done that. I'll wait. You're going to be waiting for a while because I can't think of one. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, I, I don't think, like, shows do that, so... It was a cool thing for them to establish from day one that characters had themes, so. Like, I think other shows do, but I can't fucking, if you ask me, like, oh, what's what's Jack's theme on Lost or something like that, could I remember? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Or it's like, I could instantly tell you, oh, that's Mohinder's theme, you know? Yep. Just drilled into my brain forever now. Yep. Wendy and Lisa, incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. Should we wrap things up? Yeah, why don't you give us our socials and all that? Okay. All right. Um, thank you for joining us, everybody. Um, if you would like to follow us on social media, we are Eclipse Podcast on Twitter. Um, I, 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 I shudder to think what the last time we um, used the account was, but um, <laughs> someday, someday maybe I'll just post a bunch of shit. I'll do a... Uh, I'll do a uh, I'll do a Milo Ventimiglia on Instagram. I'll just post like 20 million things in one yep. day. And then you won't hear from me ever yep. again. Um, if you want to follow our individual accounts, I am uh, at Lady Snark on Twitter. That's Lady underscore Snark, S-N-A-R-K. Uh, Rachel is that burb there. Burb with a B like Becky. Woo! <laughs> I have a B. I'm so happy. <laughs> For a little while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a B going. I do. Yeah. But I'm, I think I'm going to keep doing different ones every episode, though, because it made me smile. Excellent. So. Excellent. Yeah. It's a challenge. It's a fun challenge, too. So, um, yeah. Are you tweeting about anything? No. Yeah. I'm just simping on West Borland. So, um, that continues. I think this is the third episode in a row that you, you've been you've been twice, super simp. Been twice. <laughs> super simp. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can go into this whole thing about, like, my cycle of being like, yeah, Limp Bizkit, they weren't that great, but West Borland's always been great. To, you know, the whole rest of the band is really great, in addition to Wes's guitar playing. To, you know what? This band actually has, <laughs> has value, and I'm sick of people talking shit about them. So, yeah. it's it's been, it's been a journey. I was really into them when I was, like, 12, 11, and now I'm just, like, come back around. Because they're, they're still out there, and they released a record that I had never heard, and it's, like, it's good. It's good. And, uh... I can't talk with people about it because the band is so, like, loathed, and I don't really know why, really. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's fine. So, that's what I'm doing right now. That's that's really all I've been tweeting and or engaging with people about um, since they played Lollapalooza. Um, and, I, and I'm not the only person who's been like, oh my god, am I really fucking talking about this band and this year? And it's like, yeah, I guess I am. So are, so are other people. So, yeah. Um... That's that's pretty much what's going on there. Um, you can email us. We are EclipsePod at gmail.com. But the best way to get a hold of us is still going to be the Discord server. We're going to link to that in the show notes. We're going to link to a bunch of things. Um, but, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, if you like what we're doing, let us know. We're, we're you know, we're not on, like, the home stretch. But we're, we're, we're past the middle, for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, still plenty more to come. But... We're, in a, we're at an interesting point in the, in the I guess, journey of it. Um, yeah. So, like, let us know. Leave us a review. You know, like, subscribe, whatever. Um, we're, we're here doing the thing. It's still fun for us. It's still fun for me. That's all that matters. <laughs> That's really it. 
Thanks for joining us. We will see you again next time. We're about to record a bonus episode that um, might blow some minds. Is, is gonna it might blow some minds and it might piss people off like it's pissed me off because one of the things about being in a dead ass fandom is you're not gonna get answers about things like this. Yeah. So it's just like a thing we've discovered that we will not get closure on probably. So um, yeah, um, have ha- have a good day, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. Next time on Eclipsed, Hero finally gets some medical treatment. Peter and Noah pull another one of us, one of them. And uh, Gabriel runs away to go join the circus. I mean, the carnival. Hmm. Tune in. <laughs>